0: Well, it is uh, good to be with you uh, today. Uh, can I encourage you to uh, keep a, a Bible open if you've got one nearby? Um, I think uh, the, the headings for the talk are in your um, in your service sheet um, rather than on the uh, on the screen. Uh, join with me as I as I pray, please. Father God, you uh, you spoke to your people long ago. And we thank you that you continue to, to speak to your people today. We thank you that, as we've just read in the book of Exodus, your words were recorded. They were written down. So please, by your Holy Spirit, through your written word, using even me, please please speak to us right now. And as you speak, help us to, to humbly and rightly respond to all that you say, as we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I will. I will. Just, uh, just two words, two very uh, simple words, but uh, for me they're probably two of the most significant words I've, I've ever said. The words I said on the day that I married my wife uh, Jo after a list of uh, questions were put to me asking if I would uh, love her and, and honour her and forsake all others and be faithful to her, I responded with those words. I will. I'm pleased to say that when Jo was asked the, the similar, uh, similar questions, she expressed her commitment to me with those same words. I will. Marriage in, in the Bible is described as a, as a covenant. Cov- covenants are agreements between two parties where, where promises and, and commitments are made. And covenants normally have a, a formal beginning, some kind of, of ceremony. And, and the Bible speaks, speaks often of, of covenants. In particular, it speaks about the, the covenants that, that God makes with people. I, I know as a church, uh, you're going through the book of uh, Genesis, I think that's right, isn't it? Uh, and in the book of Genesis, you'll, you'll find covenants covenants being established between god and, and individuals god and people and if you're a, a christian here this morning if you're a believer in the lord jesus you are in a covenant relationship with god maybe maybe as we don't think about that very often but but we are we, we are in a covenant relationship with god if we are believers and in Exodus uh, 24, uh, we, we see a covenant being confirmed, a covenant ceremony, if you like, between the Lord God and his rescued people, the children of Israel. And although this covenant is different from the, the covenant that we enjoy today as, as, as believers, there, there's much for us to, to learn. We'll see something, I hope, of, of how covenants work. We'll see something of God's goodness and, and faithfulness. And and something of the, the promises and responsibilities that come with being uh, in a covenant relationship with God. So there's four four things, uh, particularly this morning, I just want to uh, to highlight. I want us to see about this covenant. Uh, as I say, I think the, the, the headings are in your service sheet. The first thing I want us to see about the covenant is this. It's a covenant sealed with blood it's a covenant sealed with blood the, the, the first half of the, the book of exodus it describes how god's uh, god's chosen people were were rescued rescued from slavery in egypt and pretty much the, the second half of the book describes god's uh, god's instructions to them about how they were to live as he's rescued People, but laws, uh, instructions about how they to how they were to live, how they were to be different from the nations around them, how they were to, to function as a nation for for the first time. And having told them uh, in the sort of the, the early twenties uh, of, uh, of of the Book of Exodus, uh, these, these laws and instructions, having told them how he wants them to li- to live. The, the lord god then makes various promises and commitments pledges to his people they are quite literally god's i will statements his i will promises uh, just uh, just listen to to some of the the i will um statements that that god makes so uh so God says uh, to them, uh, chapter twenty-two, verse twenty-three, um, "I will certainly hear their cry." He, he says, as you, "As you cry out to me, I will I will hear you. I'll be I'll be with you." Uh, later, uh, he says uh, to the people, um, "If you listen carefully to what he says and all that I and, and do all that I say." I will be an enemy to your enemies, and I will oppose those who oppose you. I'll, I'll be with you. I'll, I'll be. Uh, I'll be against your. I'll be against your enemies. God makes uh, promises to His people. For chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-seven. I will send my terror ahead of you. I will throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make your enemies turn their backs and run i will send the hornet ahead of you and drive out the hivites the canaanites the hittites out of the way god God makes various i will statements if you look uh, through chapter uh, 22 and 23 you'll see more of them god god promises that he will he'll be with his people that he'll bless them that he'll care for them That he'll help them to live long lives. That he'll establish them in this new land. He'll give them the borders that he's promised to them. Verse after verse, you'll you'll find those I will statements. I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. These are the things I will promise. God's I will promises in Genesis are are generous and that they're loving. And they're far-reaching but in this covenant relationship that's being established the Lord God asks for faithfulness in return uh, speaking of, uh, of the other nations uh, at the end of, of chapter uh, 23 he says this do not make a covenant with them or with their gods Don't don't make other covenants with with other people, with other nations, with other gods. God God expects covenant loyalty. And so as uh, chapter 24 begins, where our our reading started, I guess we're wondering, how, how are the people going to respond? Having heard God's pledge to them, all of his I will statements, what will the people say in return? Would they be ready to say, we will? It's been my privilege to conduct various uh, weddings uh, over, over the years. And I've sometimes uh, wondered, you know, what I would do if the, the bride or groom didn't respond uh, in the appropriate way? You know, what if they didn't say, uh, I do or, or I will? It would be slightly awkward, wouldn't it, if, if one of them said, well, maybe, or, or or sometimes i'm pleased to say this never happens well we don't have long to to, to wait to discover how god's people respond to his pledge to them there's no uh, there's no hesitation verse three of our reading chapter 24 when moses went and told the people the lord's words and laws they responded with one voice everything the Lord has said we will do we're then told that Moses writes everything down there's to be no confusion about what the people are, are being asked to do what God's pledges to the people are it's recorded and then later in verse 7 we're told that the, the book of the covenant these things that that Moses has written down are read to the people and how do they respond we will do everything the Lord has said we will obey you know i think uh, i think the people at this point are really genuine in what they're saying they're sincere i think it is their intention to obey everything that has been said to be faithful but the lord god knows even even at that moment even as they're saying we will he knows that they won't. He he knows that their obedience will be far from perfect. Which is why this covenant is is sealed with blood. Uh, we're told that uh, an altar is set up on which uh, animal sacrifices are, are made. I think that I think the altar in some way represents God. We're told uh, that there are twelve stones uh set up that represent the people so so we've got god and the people represented there and then what what happens next well we're told that that moses takes the blood of the sacrificed animals and he puts it on the altar And then, verse 8, he takes the blood and he sprinkles it on the people themselves. Now, let's be honest, that just seems really strange to us, doesn't it? Re- really weird. I mean, maybe maybe if we know kind of uh, the Old Testament uh, particularly, we're kind of... Okay, I, I get the idea that an animal is sacrificed and, and, in some way, it dealt with people's sin and maybe it's put somewhere. But to actually like throw blood on the people, to to kind of uh, use the the wedding analogy from earlier on, it's it's like confetti being thrown around. Animal blood. It just seems really strange to us, doesn't it? But but the. The liberal distribution of this blood, it reminds us that God knows that even in the moment they make their promises, the people will not obey perfectly. A, a, a in sacrifice will be needed. That's what the animal sacrifices did. It dealt with, with people's sin to some degree. Although they're sincere in their declaration to be faithful, the Lord God knows that their obedience will be imperfect. They will still sin. And therefore, from the very beginning, there's, there's provision made. Later in, uh, in Exodus 29, where we read that the priests, when they were kind of set apart to serve as priests, they too were, were sprinkled with, with animal blood, for their priestly role, that they needed their sins dealt with before they could could serve as priests. And a little earlier, uh, in chapter nineteen, we're told that the Lord God had said that His whole people, all of the people, would be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So, so I think as this, this this blood is liberally sprinkled around, as the covenants agreed, I think we're meant to see both that the people's sin needs to be dealt with that they won't be obedient but i think too we're meant to see that these people were indeed being set apart put right so that they could serve god as a kingdom of priests well how do these verses speak to us today as, as new covenant believers well, i guess firstly they remind us don't they that we are utterly dependent on blood sacrifice to deal with our sin. No, not the blood sacrifice of an animal, but, but the Lord Jesus himself. He, he died as a, an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Died in our place for our disobedience. At our failure to, to follow through on the things that we have promised to do. On the things that we should do on the things that in our better moments we'd like to do. Our right standing with God is based on what the Lord Jesus has done for us, his shed blood. The, the writer of Hebrews puts it like this, that the blood of goats and of bulls, the, the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctified them so that they were outwardly clean. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. We're we're made right with God through the the sacrifice, through the obedience of Jesus. But did you notice again there, the the Hebrew writer says that, that we're saved in order that we can serve is what i was uh, touching on uh, earlier on when i was speaking to chris that that we are saved in order that we might serve the living god in revelation chapter 5 we're told that new new covenant believers are to be a kingdom of priests just like god's rescued people in exodus we are to serve the world as a kingdom of priests you know, Old Testament priests, they, they kind of faced in two directions. Some, sometimes they, they faced God on behalf of the people. So if God was this direction, they, they, would, they would go towards God on behalf of the people. That was part of their priestly role, to, to represent the people before God. Sometimes a priest, though, would, would face this direction... They, they would represent god they would they would speak of, of what god uh, had instructed them to speak to the people a priest would face two directions and as 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 new covenant believers as christians today we are to be a kingdom of priests and we too will face those two directions sometimes our role as, as new testament believers is 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 to go to God on behalf of the people. Perhaps we do that most often as we pray. Praying for those around us, praying for our our community, praying for our world, praying for our church. We approach God in this direction on behalf of others. But sometimes we face this direction, don't we? And and we kind of take the, the, the love and the concern and the compassion of God and most especially the gospel of the Lord Jesus, we take it representing God to the people, to the world, to the community, to our church. That is what God has called us to. To serve him as a kingdom of priests. Approaching him on behalf of the people. Approaching the world on behalf of God, his ambassadors. It's a covenant sealed with blood, meaning that our sins are dealt with and that we're set free to serve others. Secondly, and this next point's uh, much briefer. Secondly, let's see that this is a covenant confirmed with a meal. A covenant confirmed with a meal. Way before most of you were born, the singer uh, Belinda Carlisle. She got to the top of the music charts with the song Heaven is a Place on Earth. Now, I don't know where uh, Belinda had in mind when she was singing that song. Uh, But if she'd have been thinking about Mount Sinai several thousand years ago, she was partly right in her thinking. Because for a time at least, it appears that that heaven does come to earth. As as Moses and the elders of Israel ascend the. The mountain look look down at verse 9 it's it's an amazing verse just one of those verses uh they just kind of well there's so much there you don't know what to say moses aaron nahab abu the the 70 elders of israel went up and they saw the gods of israel They, they saw god i don't i don't know what that uh I don't know what that would have uh, been like. It's it's hard for us to imagine. What is amazing, though, what we do know, is amazing that they survive. Back in Exodus 19, the Lord uh, had said to Moses, don't don't let the people come up the mountain, lest I break out against them. And and here we're kind of reminded that they they didn't die, that they survived. These men saw... God and God did not raise his hand against them we're told. the, the shed blood the the covenant promises led to this uh, meeting that the the ground changes color it's uh, this uh, this amazing blue it's like sky it's like heaven has come to earth for a moment. And then what happens verse 11. They saw God and they ate and drank. The meals, they, they matter in the Bible, don't they? If you're familiar with the story of the Bible, you know how often people eat and drink together. It's a sign of a friendship, of, of relationship. And as this covenant is agreed, it's confirmed with a meal between the people and God himself. As, as new covenant believers, we, we share a meal together, don't we? With our new covenant meal, the the, the Lord's Supper. Tim uh, Tim Chester, a uh, pastor writer, he writes this: The new covenant was confirmed in a meal. This is salvation to eat in the presence of God. This is what we are looking forward to. At the Last Supper, Jesus said, "I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God." Salvation is described as a feast with God. And every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we look back to the shed blood of Jesus, which reconciles us to God. And therefore, we're able to look forward to the eternal meal, which embodies that reconciliation. Enjoyed in full in the glorious presence of God. We will not stand at a distance, but we will sit with him next time as a, as a church you celebrate the lord's supper remember what the lord jesus has done but look forward to look forward and rejoice to that day when we will see the lord jesus and we will eat and drink with him thirdly let's see that this is a covenant that's mediated through one person a covenant mediated through one person after moses and the elders have eaten with god verse 12 describes how moses is is told to ascend ascend higher up the mountain to receive the, the stone tablets with the law and the commandments written on them and the chapter ends with moses entering the cloud of the lord's presence And we're told he remained there for 40 days, just Moses and God, no one else. The the, the chapter actually begins with that idea. We're we're told in verse 2 that Moses alone is to approach God. Others weren't to join him. All the people would benefit through this, this covenant that was being agreed, but it was mediated through one person. Moses it's the way that God often works throughout the the story of the Bible using one person one mediator to, to bless one person to to represent the many and the mediator of the the new covenant is of course the Lord Jesus born as a as a human perfectly able to represent all of humanity and to mediate for the many and can i say that we we need to remind ourselves that we need no one else to to carry out that role for us though as we were thinking earlier on we've we've been saved in order to be a, a kingdom of of priests we need actually no priest to to mediate for us our, our role of as 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 doesn't mean that we're kind of mediators christ alone does that he is the mediator of the of the new covenant when jesus walked on the earth you might remember in mark chapter 9 he too ascended a mountain and like moses we're told that he went into the cloud of the lord's presence and he walked away he walked out of that cloud not with stone tablets But with these words, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. It's the Lord Jesus that we need to listen to. It's the Lord Jesus that we need to to follow. It's the Lord Jesus that we need to trust in as our only and perfect mediator final thing I want us to see from this chapter is this that this is a covenant that revealed God's glory a covenant that revealed God's glory as Moses went back up the mountain we're told in verse 15 that the glory of God settled on it the glory of God, I think it refers to God's, God's substance, his, his weightiness, who he is, manifest in, in some way. God's, God's brilliance on display. And this covenant with the rescued people, it does just that. It results in God's glory being put on display. We're told that to the people of Israel, the glory of God looked like a consuming fire. What does it look like today for you and I? Where do we see the glory of God? God's brilliance, his his substance, his, his weightiness. Where? Where can we see it? Wouldn't wouldn't you like to see a glimpse of the glory of God? Do these these people there, do they get to experience something that that we have uh, not yet experienced? Well, for us as New Covenant believers, we do indeed get to see the glory of God. His brilliance, his his essence, his weightiness. And we see it in the Lord Jesus. The glory of the one and only, as John uh, describes him. And if you want to see the glory of God, if you want a glimpse of the glory of God today, then look no further than the one who became flesh. And made his dwelling among us look look no further than the cross that that mount of, of crucifixion where the nature of god was put on display if you want to see the glory of god today If you want to see something of his brilliance, something of his excellence, something of his weightiness, something of his substance, something of who he really is. If you want to see his truth. If you want to see his justice. If you want to see his faithfulness. If you want to see his mercy. If you want a glimpse of his grace. If you want to understand his love, if you want to know something of the brilliance of God, then look to the cross of Christ. We are, if we're believers today, in a covenant relationship with God, a covenant sealed with blood. A covenant confirmed with a meal. A covenant mediated through one person. And a covenant that reveals the glory of God. Let's pray together. Father God, we... uh We thank you that you are uh, faithful and you're sincere to all your words and all your promises. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be sincere in our faithfulness to you, in our commitment to you. Help us uh, not to love and to serve false gods, but to be faithful to you. But Lord, we recognise that we are far from perfect. We recognise that we need atonement. And so we thank you this morning for the Lord Jesus for his shed blood that that purifies us from all sin. We thank you too that we have been saved in order that we might serve. Help us to serve those around us as 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 a kingdom of priests as your representatives. Help us to truly love those around us to serve you to serve others. We thank you, though, that the Lord Jesus is the great high priest. He is all anyone needs to be right with you. And we thank you that the Lord Jesus reveals your glory. Help us to, um, to increasingly see your glory in the Lord Jesus and in all that he has accomplished. And we thank you and we rejoice that one day, we will actually see the Lord Jesus. We will enjoy His presence and eat with Him. And in the meantime, help us to remember. In the meal that You've given us, help us to remember and to rejoice in this new covenant. Lord, we thank You that You have uh, that You speak to us from Your Word. Help us to, to hold on to all that is good and right this morning. For your glory. Amen.